Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unguilty Pleasure. My name is Chris Hall. Thank you so much for coming back time after time. If you are enjoying what we're doing here at UP headquarters, um, I actually think I'm going <laughs> to make T-shirts with UP on them up because we like to keep everyone's mood up. Um, thank you so much for coming back. Please do rate, review, subscribe. Keep listening, downloading, tell your friends. Um, I'm really, really enjoying doing this. And I love that you are listening and enjoying it too. I'm so thankful and excited um, for to carry on, to, to do it, to be here. Um, this week, we have one of my uh, oldest friends from college. Um, if you listen to my episode with Jordan back in the day, Jordan, who does the theme tune, uh, my guest today, Basola, he was our housemate at college. We were um, part of our little group. It's so hard to schedule us both together, but I'm so glad that Boo could be here. It's a really cool, insightful, beautiful, funny conversation. I love it so much. Thank you so much, Boo, in advance. And here, listeners, welcome into your ears, Basala Peters. I'm guilty pleasures with Christopher Hall. Hello, listeners. Um, my name is Basala. I am one of Chris's oldest and bestest friends from the dawning of time. I'm joking. When we went to college together from 2009 to 2012, Lane Theatre Arts in good old Epsom. Oh, God, the days. Um, we lived together for two years and we were best friends for three prior to moving to obviously London and living our occupational lives. Mm. Um, I basically class myself as a freelance performance artist. I dip in and out of everything to do with the performing arts industry, dancing, acting, singing, modeling, mm. MCing, choreographing, creating, <laughs> bloody heck. Costumes, tech, yeah. <laughs> lighting. <laughs> Sequins, pals on the floor, bringing other girls down. Yeah. No, but um, I really do throw myself around mm. um, because I, I've always been a natural born performer and it's been an absolute blessing to be able to use that as a means to, you know, live in this capitalist environment, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, Truly one of the hardest working, <laughs> non-stop hustlers the I know. ADHD. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, um, how, how do, is that just a, there's no other choice but to fit everything into this? Do you know what I think week? it is? I think it's more me not wanting to be a product of my environment. Mm. I think growing up, um, I was always surrounded by trash, to okay. be quite honest. And I always knew that I was not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I was just something different. I was a completely different entity entirely. Mm -hmm. I was an absolute anomaly, an enigma, if you will. Yeah. Especially compared to the people that I was surrounded by, like in my immediate vicinity. I always knew that I was destined for a different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And when I did try and fit in, there were times where I wouldn't, there was even times where I would, mm -hmm. that was even more scarier, you know? Um, because I was definitely just trying to be something that I really, really wasn't. Yeah. And knowing that definitely unsettled me in my core mm -hmm. and leaving my area with the talents that people saw in me, in me, sorry, uh, you know, of an older age. Yeah. And the people that guided me to where I am now, I was definitely exposed to just the absolute world. Yeah. 
And I think every single day I look back at where I've been and use those memories as a catalyst for my progression and yeah. also as an example of what not to be. Mm -hmm. Because it's just so easy to become what you see around you. And that was the one thing I hated with a passion. Mm -hmm. Like literally just seeing all these people around me doing things that were just absolutely unacceptable in hindsight. Mm -hmm. And just thinking, I will never be you. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I am human. So there are things that I have taken from those experiences and used to mold myself now. Mm -hmm. But only because... Luckily, from being in that environment, I've been able to develop a filter, mm -hmm. which I think has helped me be my own guidance. Because yeah. I definitely was in a space where people were looking after me and there was people around me that loved me, etc. But bless them, as hard as they tried, they were also just products of their own environment. Mm -hmm. And there's a big bad world out there, yeah. you know? And for me, I was like, yep, diving in that, swimming completely freely in that. So I think that's the reason why I'm get up, go, why I'm like, none of you will stop me today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. Especially because why would you want to be anything else than your best self? Do you know what I mean? Full stop. <laughs> that's the end of the pod. That's the end that's of it. Done. And, and we did it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's the wrap. Um, talking about you just saying being your own guidance. Mm. You no, know, I remember being kids <laughs> and just in so in awe of the the power you gave your own voice mm. and the the determination and how you would make a decision and go like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. No questions asked because yeah. this is what I'm doing for me and this is what I what feels right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that... See, now, that came from... That came from my hyper-independence. Mm -hmm. I've realised recently being able to, like, study mental health, etc., in my own personal way, in my own personal time, and yeah. understand the correct terminology for things. I definitely have found that I am hyper-independent. And... I've also realized that I, and this is not to blow a trumpet at all, because I definitely try and use this as a tool to help others as well. Mm -hmm. But I've realized that I have a certain amount of strength that a lot of, a lot of other people simply just do not have. I would agree with that. And sometimes can't, can't even muster. Yeah. And when I was younger, I never used to be able to understand that. Mm. because I would always see what I saw in myself in others. I would always see the potential. I would always see it. I'm like, yes. Oh, yes, you're incredible. Yes, you're this. How many people at college did you look and think, oh my God, you're everything. You're going to be incredible. You're going to sail through this industry. Next minute, nope, disappeared. Yeah. And if that was for their own personal reasons, absolutely more power to you. Mm. If you were saying, no, this is not for me. It's not going to be good for my mental health. I'm going to go down a different road. Okay, great. Yeah. But if it was because of weakness... And also I have a slight intolerance to weakness as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a gift and a curse. I'm not about to be out here thinking that, you know, it's the best thing in the world. But it's, I just think when it comes to weakness and when it comes to strength, they work simultaneously mm -hmm. with each other. They, they go hand in hand. Yeah, they're How do opposites you, that have yeah. to work together, yeah. How do you know you've had one without the other? Yeah. Um. So I think... When it comes to my levels of strength, 
I've luckily always known deep inside myself mm. who I was yeah. and what I was worth. Even though there was things in the that got in the way mm. a lot of the time, you know, so many things, racism, homophobia, you know, classism, mm -hmm. capitalism, like so many things got in the way, but I always knew. And that has definitely been the thing for me that I try and instill in other people. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm sorry, can you get up and do this? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, of course you're capable of doing this. Why would you not be? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? But obviously when I was younger, it was a little bit harder because I didn't get why other people didn't get it. You didn't, yeah, exactly. You I, didn't know that other people didn't feel this, yeah, that, because that I was, secure sense of self yeah. that you had. Mm -hmm. Other people were, found it easier to get rocked off their yes. track. Or manipulated or yeah. bullied or stay in pathetic relationships, etc. Especially some of my best and beautiful friends. Uh -huh. And I've never had a relationship in my life, but I bet your bottom dollar, I could give you the best relationship advice and any got, day of the week. You've because, got a good one with yourself. Yeah, because but also like I'm seeing the out, I'm seeing from the outside in mm -hmm. a situation that is just not conducive to anyone's feelings. Yeah. And because people have more codependency sometimes, mm -hmm. they end up sticking in something that is not going to be fruitful yeah. for anyone. Yeah. And I've also learned about narcissism and manipulation and all of these things, you know, they're, they're always on a spectrum. Mm. So luckily I have always tried to use my strength in a way that, can help others, even mm -hmm. if it may not have come out in the right way at the right time, yeah. or I may have said the wrong thing, or I may not have used my filter, or I may have hurt someone's feelings. A majority of the time it's been because I've been trying to help them. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I've massively had to realize is not everybody wants your help, baby. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, like, so, so. Hey, hey. I'll sit here. I'll see myself I? out. Yeah, I'll just leave yeah i think um also what's so hard when you're talking about relationships that aren't working not being fruitful what's so hard for i think for a lot of people to realize is that like get out of this one and mm. you can make fruit you don't have to change that much but you could make fruit with some like so soon with someone else but obviously you can't see the forest for the trees when you're in something like that. Or even with yourself, because you need to be at one with yourself before you even dare try and give yourself to someone else. Oof. And the thing for me that I always think is when these when things are incredibly complicated, mm. make it easy, make it simple. And I know that is easier said than done, but what I'm trying to really push to the forefront of my sentiment right now is once you've got yourself out of that situation by it being you saying no, by it being you saying it's over or saying I'm done. You've literally put one foot through the door. Yeah. So it's done. It's over. Then the next steps you can take because you've just taken the steps that you've already made. Mm -hmm. And life is so overwhelming. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship, if you've got kids, if you've got a dog, if you've got a mortgage, even if you haven't got any of those things, if you are in a relationship where you feel like you know you're getting treated in a way that isn't suited to you and you're unhappy, but you really do love that person mm -hmm. and you're willing to give up a piece of yourself, but you know it's killing you softly mm. and slowly, 
if you just make that small step of saying, you know what, this isn't right, I'm going to move forward, then the rest will come. Yeah. It really will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, and I in, think... In a different a way you didn't even know it would. Yes. and that's, Different ways. Different... That's in anything, even in relationships. I mean, even, sorry, outside of relationships. Yeah, even yeah. Even with like, with me, with my career. Uh-huh. You know, I was broke growing up. Like I literally had absolutely nothing. So when it came to performing art schools and fees and this and this and that, I didn't have a penny to my mm. name, you know? I worked, I always worked hard to get myself where I needed to get, of course, but like luckily it was grants and it was scholarships and all those things that helped me and people that were in my environment that knew about bursaries and all those other kind of things yeah, that yeah. could help someone of my stature get to hopefully where I needed to get to. Yeah. And, you know, I made that decision to be like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. Mm-hmm. I could stay here and I could live with the people that have helped me and that I love. And, you know, I know I'm going to have to help in the future as well when it gets down the line. But what I need to do right now is something for my damn self. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting up and I'm making a step to go out there. I could fail horrifically. Mm-hmm. I could train and do all of this stuff and then go out in the industry and just fall flat on my face. Yeah. Or I could not. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So or what if, what's the good that can happen if exactly. I do this? Why don't I just make that step? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I've just very much been at all the way through. I've just been like, okay, next. Next, next, next. But also, one thing I've learned along the way is to follow my soul Mm. hard. Expand. So basically, I I have been boxed in this industry thousands of times. Yeah, yeah. Because of my race, because of my stature, because of my aesthetic, because of my energy. Talent's like so compartmentalized over and over again. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a chameleon, and because I've always wanted to be better and I've always wanted to be more than just one thing. I've the always next, wanted to yeah. be multifaceted. I've always wanted to elevate. Yeah. I definitely went into these situations where I would also box myself in mm-hmm. to fit a certain quota. I even did it. Actually, I started doing it when I was in high school. Because I've always been stereotypically effeminate or, you know, stereotypically gay or whatever the heck you want to call it. And I've always been unapologetic in my ways. Mm -hmm. But when I was younger, it got to a point where I did an experiment to see who would believe that I was actually straight when I was like 14. And it worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It actually worked. I had a girlfriend. I was actually, I was actually canoodling. (laughs) With one of my best friend's aunties, who was a cleaner at my school. <laughs> I remember this story. Tie handle trash. And like the drama that ensued and like just the stuff that happened along the way. And I was like, what? Mm. And these kind of social experiments is definitely something that I found myself doing in my actual career. Right. And it was wild because I was making money. Yeah. I was working relentlessly i was getting booked i was living my best life you know mm-hmm. some of my dreams were coming true yeah but you like know? what 
like expensive for instance, like, your... like like dance yeah like dancing for fifth harmony etc yeah you know wow. that was always that yes but like <laughs> it was never as the way we would dance for fifth right, harmony. right 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 it was always me grabbing my crutch and you know tensing my pecs or whatever or yeah. you know coming to homophobic altercations with the choreographer because they were trying to put false ideologies of their archaic view of masculinity yeah on men when they weren't even a man, them, a man themselves. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it always came at a cost. Yeah. And then I very much got to that place where I was like, ha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing that I did in high school in my career in this present day. Yeah. I very much said, okay, well, no, I'm not going to do this. And I completely started to follow what I call now my queerness. Mm-hmm. And I, let that lead me all the way to where I am now. And I will tell you something, it feels splendiferous Mm -hmm. because there is no better feeling than living in your authenticity in its totality. Yeah. I, and as someone who's watching that happen, you know, like when we were younger, yeah, you were, you, you were always you, but it was always, you know, but can you, be a bit you mm. like we love what you do but actually can right. you not do it that much right. and like can you like right. still dress this way Always can condensed. you still yeah like we love it mm-hmm. but, but can we can not turn it down yeah. yeah whereas like in the last i would how would how how three, i'd say four? i'd say the last okay so i would say my awakening the, the box no oh. i would say my awakening was secret garden party oh right okay yeah. when was that 2016 yeah 2016 for sure. So basically, I work with a queer nightclubbing company called Little Gay Brother. Yes. As you know. Fun- like, one of the most phenomenal people I've ever met in my life is a person called Clay- Clayton Wright. hmm And he, he really is one of the most selfless people I've ever met. And we worked together on that festival And I was very much at that point just dancing and working with the team Mm -hmm. at festivals. And we went to Secret Garden Party and we did our performance. And then on the last night, someone said, Basada, do you want to get on the mic? And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) So I just started chanting insane things. And like, I don't know what was coming out of me, but it was just. It unlocked. It unlocked. Yeah. There was a key there and it went, and I was like, and then the next year when we did it again, which was the last ever secret garden party, even though it's on again next year, Mm -hmm. because I think they just wanted a little interim. Yeah. We basically did, (laughs) we basically did this theme that revolved around Ikea. And we had to make our own costumes out of like Ikea bags, et cetera. (laughs) So I was Mama Afrikia and I gave you a very, quintessential African styled dress with headdress also. Mm-hmm. It was- really, To boot. Re- to boot. It was really quite something. Yeah. Cultural to say the very least. And basically I was on the mic then mm-hmm. and we had treadmills and we had smoke <laughs> machines and then I did an outfit change and I came out in a wig and a thong and a leather jacket. Yeah. And that Honestly, the energy in the room, the people that were looking up at me and the transference of just synergy. Like it was wild. That 
bumped me up a notch. It completely changed me. And I was like, what is this that's coming out of me? Like, what is happening? Like, am I ascending? Because every- An evolution. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Like straight out of that cocoon. Yeah. With wings. Yeah. And it was crazy because- I always find that I have like instant changes in my life. Mm. Like I go over speed bumps where I'm like, well, well, you're not that person anymore. (laughs) So one happened after I came back from Dubai. Yeah. Because that was a massive turning point. And then the next one was definitely the second secret garden party in 2017, summer of 2017. And ever since then, it's just been like, wow. Mm -hmm. And that's opened doors for me with regards to education etiquette social and systemic binaries Mm -hmm. like it's beyond yeah and now i'm swimming in an ocean of all of these notions (laughs) if you will yeah to not be a poet um and i'm just like well no you're not it no, you're incorrect. No, you're absolutely not right. No, you're from 1846. Get out. What are you still doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why have you not been recycled? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like moving forward. But you feel such a a switch up mm, in you. Absolutely. And the, cra- the crazy thing is like with my self-expression. Yeah. This is just me being me. T- 100%. And like back to what I said before about the strength element, the amount of queer events that I've been to recently and when I've been absolutely abolished, like I've been so tired because of the other things that I do, but I'll go there because I'm either working or because I know it's important to surround myself with my people. Mm-hmm. Some of the people and some of the, th- some of the people that have approached me and some of the things that they've said to me have nearly put me in tears, mm. like wildly humbling. Yeah. Even from people that I've always respected, like recently, Cisco came up to me mm-hmm. and said something that floored me. And another one of my peers, Kieran Daly Ward, said something. And so did so did quite a few others. And like I'm thinking about it now and I'm Craig as well. And like there's just so many like older people of the global majority that have been my inspirations at so many different points in my career yeah, growing yeah. up. They've come back to me and said, and said that I've been an inspiration to them. Yeah. Just through being, being you. myself. Yeah. And I've been like, gooped. You know when you're like, <sighs> yeah. what? Do you know what I mean? These icons, these people that we used to look back on. Mm-hmm. Me, sorry, you, we used to look up, up to, to yeah, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When we used totally. to watch dance videos and we'd be in the pits of Epsom. Yeah. Just like, when will I ever <laughs> get there? And it's like, they're coming up to me saying this to me you because are truly... of my intersectionality. Yeah. And I'm just, this is just me doing me. Yeah. And I've had comments from people that aren't even of my race or my gender identity or of, you know, our spectrum of our community mm-hmm. coming up to me and saying things that I'm like, what? I'm flawed. Like I didn't even, cause Instagram's not really a big thing to me. Like I really don't care. Yeah. I think it's a very empty space yeah, and yeah. I put my stuff out there. Don't get me wrong because yeah. of reasons like this, but also I'm not in a rush to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'm not like, Oh, must post. Quick. Oh my gosh. Story. Yeah. So like when people are coming up to me saying, I see you on Instagram or I've seen this or I've seen you on adverts or I've seen you on telly and you've been an inspiration to me and you've helped me 
see things in a different light or you're just so powerful or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, wow, yeah. this is what it's all for. This is definitely worth it. Yeah. This is not like, this is something that a paycheck can't give you. It's priceless, mm-hmm. you know? Just um, in case anybody listening isn't sure, what's what do you mean by your intersectionality? When I say my intersectionality, I mean the intersection of which my communities or the communities that I belong to mm-hmm. collide. So for instance, me being black and white, African, Caribbean, I mean, I identify now as gender fluid, but I the more research I do into the discrete nature of sex and gender, the more I'm definitely leaning towards non-binary. Because mm-hmm. I even had issues with non-binary because I was like, I don't want to be something that everyone else is telling me. What do you mean non-binary? I like, mm-hmm. can I not think of my own pronouns? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. King, goddess, deity. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the more, do you know what I mean? Like the more I, the more I research into it, you know, I'm definitely leaning more towards androgyn. I am yeah. androgynous. I see myself as androgynous, yeah, you know, yeah. with regards to gender. If you want to box me in and you want to try and understand me in air quotes. Yeah. I see myself as of everything you know but the thing is and, that non-binary moment it's that's just not one point that's like a spiral of infinite yes absolutely things. it's not like a, a one other and then a third one it's like a one another and then like a thousand opportunities com- yeah which i'm coming to understand more right do you know what i mean i think because of my own ignorance before educating myself i think i just saw you know heterosexual homosexual you know male female non-binary like it was just all like one thing yeah yeah, and i'm coming to understand that non-binary is that but it's just so annoying Mm -hmm. when you finally realize that because i get misgendered about 19 million times a day Mm. and it's like oh this is exhausting because you know they ignorance really is bliss yeah yeah but um with regards to my intersectionality as you were saying just people that have approached me and said things that are either part of those communities that I just mentioned Mm -hmm. or not, you know? And the intersection of all of them completely meeting in the middle Mm -hmm. is where I stand. Yeah. And there's so many other people like that. And it's great to be able to know that I am somewhat of a potential paragon to people that may need one. Because a lot of people in those communities or who identify with one or two or however many, um, often feel they can't identify with more than one. More than one. Yeah. Same. I had that Society, all the way through my life. Personally or society or... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I had that all the way through my life. And it just goes back to what I was saying before about being boxed. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not cardboard, honey. It's not boxed. that happened. Boxed. Oh, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know? It's not that kind of party out here. Um, and it's just so... It is so cool thinking about how back in the day you being strong was you having muscles like you said grabbing your crotch like you know like stomping through like a studio but being like so like pat being that hyper actually though when we were at college it was like the gaga phase when we all thought people would want us to dance it was love game Um, yeah yeah. correct but then it switched and when you actually got into the industry um you know strength was seriously one had one definition and now you um 
I'm growing just, in your queerness not... and your expression and how this like person in front of me now was always inside that person mm. 10 years ago. I think that's what was fueling but me. But it's just... Flourished in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, which is exactly the way it needed to as well. Mm. And it takes time, like, like obviously oh, it does, yeah. Oh, of course. In this society, with all of the societal norms that are literally rammed down our throat, everything that we're indoctrinated into, it's... It's, it can be quite harrowing to try and find yourself. Yeah. It really, really can. You can... And it's hard work. It's, it's much easier. Exasperating. It's like, much easier yeah. to not. <laughs> exactly. Like, and this is why you get people that are sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This is why you get people who are sheeple. Correct. Do you know? Correct. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Because um, I've been doing... Like, so much self, like, unravelling 30 years of tightly wound mm. um, shit in the last, like, <laughs> 12 months in particular, maybe verging on 18 now. Yeah, absolutely. 18 months. And, like, it's such hard work. But, like, I had a moment, I had a pivot where I was like, I don't like the person that I'm, maybe not who I am now, but if I keep going on this way, I don't like that person right. I'm going to be. right. But that's much easier to just stay in the lane I was in. Which is why I'm not a bad person, everyone's but like the, depressed. Yeah. Whereas like unraveling, going to therapy, finding out why I behave the way I do, finding out why I do certain things, mm. react in certain ways. It's fucking tiring. Exactly. But the worst thing about it is like then you be, then hopefully the result is yeah speaks for itself. Fruitful. I mean, because the worst thing about it is unlearning everything that you've learned. Yeah. That is honestly the drag race. And I'm not talking, you know, what you see when it's like Shantae, you stay. Yeah. It's literally like being pulled through the, like you're trying to pull this massive car mm. through all this dirt and debris yeah. at such a speed because this is life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, social media, living in London, you know, Opening times, closing times, money, like direct debit. It's like, it's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nonstop. And you've got to drag this busted car, <laughs> you know what I mean? Through this race course of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what, you're just supposed to finish first? Mm. No. How? Yeah. Uh, help me. Do you know what I mean? This is why people are tired, why they're riddled with addiction, why mm. they're forced into things like relationships that are, you know, toxic for them, why they surround themselves with the wrong things. What the, they're just misled. And the most integral thing that you just said in your previous sentences was therapy. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs therapy, but they need a good therapist. Yes. Oh, I cannot stress this enough. I had therapy last year and it was one of the pinnacles of my entire existence. Yeah. It literally changed everything because I actually understood my own cognitive abilities. Mm. And I actually understood where things came from, my emotional center, my emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So very two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also was able to identify why I was doing something or why I would do something in a certain way, be that to my detriment or my gain. Mm -hmm. And 
that just made me know myself even more than I already thought I did. Mm -hmm. And it made me grow the fuck up, to be yeah, quite yeah. honest. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It made me be like, okay, adult now yeah let's let, let's let's do this let's not do that yeah and just un having an understanding of you i feel a, a lot of the time we try and understand other people we try and learn about other people you know when you're in a, a new working relationship or friendship or intimate relationship mm. you're like let me find out about you let me learn about this person so i get you yeah how often do you r really think do i get myself do I mm -hmm. understand myself do I know my you know obviously we know like what we like what we don't like when it comes to what music food right but like <laughs> do you know what you like what you like what you who you are like mm. I feel there's been such a moment for a lot of people around me I'm just talking personally of being like I want to understand why I react yes. the ways that I do massively yeah there's been like 30 years of getting into whatever habits and routines and mm. reflexes and defense mechanisms why I, I i've got to understand this because yeah. i don't i can't be another 30 years locked even can't be more a prisoner, can't be a prisoner to myself yeah and it's crazy because mental health is one of the topics that should be the most predominant focal mm -hmm. point in schools. Yeah. Period. You want to teach me this what, Pythagoras theory and <laughs> how to measure a circle, <laughs> but you don't want to teach me how to, how to do live. things like pay taxes or just understand my own brain. Yeah. It's, it's mental. Cause recently I found out I had ADHD and I wanted to touch on this. So yeah, absolutely. And it's self-diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, I didn't go on Google and be like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> These symptoms are correct. What happens when? <laughs> yeah. How do you know if? Yeah, yeah, So basically, I I was in so many situations where all of my peers and all of my, well, not all of my, but a majority of my closest friends were telling me I had ADHD. Okay. And I was like, what? No, girl. <laughs> yeah. You're incorrect. <laughs> and then... I was in a situation where I was doing, I was shooting a movie and we all had to be in this holding tent. Now I was surrounded by a majority of black people and we started off talking about things culturally within our community. So that was really, really nice. And then we ended up talking about systemic and social issues and there was a point where someone asked me a question and out of nowhere, I just reeled off this answer that was not only intellectual, but slightly colloquial, but my terminology and everything that came out of my mouth was just correct. Mm -hmm. And it went on for a while. This explanation went on for a while and I had the whole room just like, <gasps> and then when I finished, I actually got a round of applause and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And someone, said to me, isn't it crazy how all the people with ADHD find each other? And I was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I don't have- You're mistaken. Sorry, honey. <laughs> Sorry, that's not on my, that, that's not on my job description. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, I don't have, I don't have ADHD. And then everyone went, what? And I became the butt of the joke. 
okay. from being on the highest pedestal. Yeah. Oh, um, real quick, he came right oh, down. <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> Let's just... Tumbling like Rapunzel's bundles. I was down. Yeah. And um, everyone was like, what do you mean? Of course you've got ADHD. Mm. And they could tell by the way that I was explaining things, by the way that I was focusing, by the way that I was staring and looking, by the way that I was calculating things and then filtering them, you know, from my brain to my to, mouth yeah. out into the open. They could tell from just that. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And I wasn't about to just ignore that. So yeah, I did yeah. some research and, you know, my best friend, Latifa. Yeah. Well, she has ADHD also, but we're, we're so similar. Mm. So she's very successful. She's got a lot of drive. You know, she, she's she got a baby. Well, not a, she's not a baby, but like she's, she's got a little girl. Mm -hmm. I still see Millie as a as a baby, even though she's growing up so quick and she's so smart. But like, you know, she, I call her Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. She gets it done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And she was saying how she had ADHD. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, talk to me about it then. And she would explain things. And I was like, oh, because there's no education on it. And when no. I grew up, it was very much just that naughty kid in the corner. Ex ex uh, you literally took the words out of my mouth. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, just, not it's, just, it's, just, it's just the one who's, yeah, it's causing not, havoc. Right, exactly. Learning difficulties yeah, 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 yeah. again. That is not the case. Mm. It's actually so horrific to judge such a spectrum yeah, yeah, yeah. of people yeah. on just one trait like yeah, it's just yeah. like no so i did my research and i was like oh maybe maybe i have got mm -hmm. adhd okay and i was doing more research and more research and then i decided to contact iapt which is basically a mental health group that is focused on certain sectors and boroughs of london so mine was haringey because i live in north london and i spoke to someone and i said i think i have adhd um, I'm potentially an OCD. Please can I speak to someone to see yeah. if there's any help out there because I'd like to really manage my mental health. Because of the lack of mental health nurses, I actually was put on a waiting list and I ended up waiting 10 months. <sighs> I completely forgot about it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She moved on. Yeah, yeah, I, guess, guess, I mean? guess not. I guess yeah. I don't. <laughs> well, I guess, guess I was a no then. And then I... Um, I was very, I was incredibly lucky. Mm. These are these one times where like, I look at the title of my uncle David on my arm and I'm like, are you watching down? Like, are you, yeah, yeah, yeah. are you really actually doing that from up there? Do you know what I mean? Or wherever you may be. Because I ended up getting therapy just bef I think it was either just before or in the middle of lockdown. Right. And I requested um, a therapist of color and someone from the LGBTQAI plus community. Um, I don't know if this person was of said community because that's very personal, but obviously I could tell that they were the same color as me. Yeah. So that's one thing that I always say when you're getting a therapist, try and get someone that's as close to you as possible. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to spend a whole a whole like, trying session explain trying to explain. Yeah, yeah. Exa exactly. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that are, you know, well-traveled and rich, as you said when you were younger, <laughs> in our kitchen slash living room, open plan, of course. Fresh couture table. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, like, well, I mean, well-traveled and rich in experience, you know. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of therapists who are plenty. very good at understanding each other's but experience. But there are some. As a client, though. Right. I want what I want. A lot of the time you want to just feel like straight away as mm. comfortable as possible. You get me, I get you, let's do this. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, I got therapy and I basically was told that it was going to be for my ADHD. Mm -hmm. I mean, for my OCD before my ADHD because you have to wait for, and get a screening and all that kind of stuff. And it can take up to like four years to be seen for ADHD yeah. because apparently like three in five people have it. It's real. And um, excuse me, why? Basically, sorry about that. Basically, <laughs> it was phenomenal because I explained my ailments, if you will, mm. mentally and what I thought wasn't correct. Yeah. And what were my obstacles sometimes? And then what weren't my obstacles sometimes as well, which is what was confusing. Yeah, yeah. You know? And my therapist was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely changed my life. Mm. And this is why I say what I say. Yeah. Everyone should have therapy and everyone should have a good therapist. It should be mandatory. Yeah. Period. Because we're all just squirted out mm -hmm. and then just expected to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. You, good luck. You go forth and conquer my child. Yeah. And then you think about when you're a child and you look at the adults and you think, oh, they've, they're fine. They, they'll, they'll help. And then now we're all the adults. And I'm like, all you people who are teachers and all you people who are parents, I'm like, lovely people, but you don't have a clue. You, you didn't have, the, you <laughs> you don't have a clue that we thought. Clue. <laughs> Do you know I mean? That we thought that adults had like when kids try and say to me this you know this whole stupid notion about being 30 i'm like Grr. yeah <laughs> that's when life starts oh literally literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> honey bunch yeah that's when the wool is pulled from yeah. over the eye so if i could give anyone advice today listeners mm. get therapy oof you know do it do it do it indeed um i mean we've kind of touched on it all the way through um but this pod is all about i came up with the idea um during lockdown because everyone was kind of saying like you'd say like how are you today what have you done and people would be like i went on like six hikes and swam a river I and, ran like, a mile. and ran a mile yeah. and i feel great yeah. and i'd be like work some people would be like i like ate pasta in the bath and cried yeah but i feel good yeah and i'd be like i love it like work. why 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 are we worried about why are we worried about our own personal rituals or moments that we need for us to feel good? Mm. And they're diff they're going to be different for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just ugh, what uh, do you, what do you do either very habitually or something that you've done recently that was just a sp specific like basola date that you like did to feel good or keep your mood up or do you struggle with? I mean, I don't. We've kind of touched that you, for you me, do a lot of work on that. Yeah, for me, I used to burn my clot out. I would honestly exhaust myself. Yeah. And I know it might sound a little bit cliche, but rest. Yeah. Rest is one thing because lockdown taught me that I mm -hmm. needed to rest. And another thing would be self-care. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking, getting up in the morning, getting my shower, moisturizing, you know, mm -hmm. day and night, popping on a little wing liner. <laughs> Gorgeous. Absolutely. Just a little lid. And I don't know, maybe it's even a little bit of concealer. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's me doing oh, my hair. Oh, yeah. doing my hair yeah. and listening to music is incredible for me. Yeah. 
because I've learned how to barber hair and how to lock hair mm-hmm. in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And it's been sensational. Oh, so I save thousands of pounds. Yeah, I bet. But like, I was also able to cut other people, other queer people of colour's hair mm-hmm. when I was in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And it was phenomenal because people are ostracised when they go into barber yeah, yeah. shops because they're mainly heteronormative places. Yeah. And sometimes people go in there not even getting a haircut. <laughs> they leave without it because of what they've been through. Yeah. Or the stuff that they hear. Or, you know, their appearance just being <laughs> too overwhelming for the straight person in air quotes again. Yeah. So me being able to do that for other people was unbelievably insightful mm. and wildly humbling. Mm-hmm. And for me to be able to do that for myself, it's a lovely routine. Yeah. So all in all, I would definitely say self-care. Yeah. You know? So I'm finding a way to how can I give that to how can I create that energy myself and share it? Yeah, correct. It's so, so magical being able to be like, what can how how can I harness this in a certain way? Something so simple that you think Mm -hmm. of as getting a haircut. And also, I would say investments. That's Mm -hmm. been my next thing because growing up, yeah, again. You know, we're in this capitalist environment where the 1% are very much the 1%. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many degrees of separation between us all. Yeah. And it's working. And the lack of education is vast and wild. Yeah. And me being able to educate myself on how I can, you know, monetize. Mm -hmm. Get your money in in check. For the future, especially being a freelance performance artist. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, me being able to invest my money in certain places instead of being a hoarder. Mm-hmm. Me understanding things such as, you know, money just being a tool and how to use that tool yeah. to build for the future. That also makes me feel sensational because I've worked so hard. Mm-hmm. So being too hard. Able to be, yeah, sometimes too hard. So mm-hmm. being able to put my capital gains, if you will, into something that can grow, yeah. where I can receive passive income. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a little bit of a pat on the back for yeah. all the times I s- forgot how to sleep, yeah. or all the times I forgot to eat, yeah. or all the times I was running around London for someone else's dream or someone else's Ugh. goal, just so I could, I don't know, dance on a TV show or, you know, singing a show here, there, or act here. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I had a, I had, I had a great time, but there was mm. times where I was giving up every part of my humanity just to make it work. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to invest and see my money getting topped up bit by bit each month, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Just thank you very much. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So those three things are definitely, definitely routines that I keep all the way up mm-hmm. because at least I know that I'm doing something for myself yeah. that day, you know? I think... S- just hearing you say like running around town for someone else's dream like of course this is very you know we're both freelance creative people like it's very it's very easy I don't know um everyone's got their own situation Mm -hmm. so you might not be in an industry or in a financial situation or in a social situation where you can be completely non uh, non uh contributing to someone else's correct dream correct however that can be... You might not even want to. Either. Yeah, totally. But that can also... It can be something so small as, what am I going to do today that's f- from to fill my cup? Mm. 
Correct. What am I going to do today? However small. Yeah. However. Many times. However, if people think it's trivial or whatever. Yeah. D- after I've dealt out everything in other people's cups, I've, you know, worked for a big biz- big company or I've done this or I've maybe run around town for someone else's dream 90% of the day. What is something I can do that's specific to me to feed back in? And I've learned that massively over the last couple of years. Yeah. And you know what I'm like when it comes to like trimming the fat from the bacon. Yeah. So I have learned... Uh, figuratively, because you're vegan. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Plant-based, if you will. So basically, I I also think that it's best for you to rid yourself of any kind of toxicity in your life. Even if it's tiny. Uh-huh. Because a lot of people... It's very quintessentially British. Yeah. Have a stiff upper lip. Yeah. You know? And just brush things under the carpet. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fine. Oh, it's whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's they're fine. this person, so it's, you know, it's it, they did this, so I should just forget about that. And oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, mm, really? Yeah. Or- Why are you not surrounding yourself <clears throat> with people that are going to be conducive to, to your- a positive mental and societal environment. Mm. Why are you not doing that? Because at the end of the day, if things keep happening over and over and over again, for me, you'll never be self to blame because you're aware. Mm-hmm. You know what you need to do to get rid of the negativity or stop yourself from feeling a certain type of way, sometimes mm. even every day. And it just goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of our session today. Yeah. You know? Being able to say no, mm-hmm. being able to say this isn't right, being able to say this isn't working for me right now. And even if I seem cold, even if I seem <laughs> in some terms crazy, if you will, yeah, I'm just going to remove myself from that situation and just see what happens. Yeah. Maybe I'm happier. Maybe I'm sadder. Maybe I'm sad for a little bit. Maybe I'll get over it. Maybe I'll move forward. Maybe after a year, I'm still feeling yeah. Maybe I should reconnect with whatever and whoever and speak yeah. things over. Maybe we've grown, maybe we've not. But I think with regards to me talking about self-care, I actually don't just mean with a routine. Mm-hmm. I mean with the immediate people. Yeah. Especially family. Mm-hmm. Be it chosen family or be it blood relatives. Those people around you, a lot of the time, they can actually be the things that are bringing you down. Yeah. And that's a hard lesson to to learn. Mm -hmm. That's a tough cookie to grumble. Yeah. But a lot of the time it needs to be done. Yeah. It really does need to be done. Mm. Yeah. And if you then create a, a lineup or an army of people around you who do nothing but build you up mm-hmm. and celebrate mm-hmm. and create a positive atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, unstoppable. Um, exactly. And like, obviously not everything's going to be positive all the time. There no. is such a thing as false positivity, oh, which 100%. I can't stand. But it's, it's not about just like, it's about the, um, the feeling they give you. Mm. 
Or the feelings they the... constantly give you. Yeah. Or what they take away. Yeah. You know? So, and because they might not even be meaning to do it intentionally. Yeah. But what you need to do is intentionally look after you. Mm. You know? Even be at the peril of others. Yeah. Oh, and that's a tough mm. for, mm-hmm. for a uh, self, well, not just self-diagnosed people pleaser. That is hard. Go for a hard people lesson pleaser. for me to learn. There's people links back to codependency. Yeah. You know I mean, links back to why are you codependent? What yeah, happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. When is it your inner child? Because the thing is, <laughs> yeah, girl, the trauma comes from that. Yeah. You know, as a child, a lot of the trauma happens to you before you're four, I mm. think it is. Don't quote me. But like in your earlier years, there's some things that you'll never heal from or there's some things that you need to try and identify. Yeah. And make amends with, or at least start to. Yeah. Because oh, children are so precious, mm-hmm. so impressionable. And you should never lose your inner child. No. You can grow from that state, but you should never, ever lose it. Always hold on to it. Mm. And that's the one thing that I found from turning 30. I'm like, what? Who do I need to you know, refer back to, yeah, to yeah. find what makes me happy. Yeah. Oh, my inner child. Yeah. Who do I need to refer to? Or as I said a second ago, refer back to, to find out why I'm traumatized. Oh, my inner child. Uh-huh. I think there's a lot of things that revolve around that because when you were younger, you know, a lot of things were just very black or white. Yeah. But as you grow up, you find the nuance. Yeah, totally. And that's what's part of becoming an adult. But if you factor it all together, hopefully you'll be able to come to a more fully realised conclusion. Yeah. Well, that's all we can hope for. For everybody. All things the world. Um, I have to ask you one last question Mm -hmm. on the Unguilty Pleasure podcast. And that is, Sala, what is your unguilty pleasure? Something... Not the plant-based two weeks no, eggs. No, this is why I said plant-based. Oh my goodness! Okay, just hear me, me out, please. I know, I know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I do it. I shoot myself in the mouth. I kick myself in the throat every single day. Basically, eggs. I used to hate eggs when I was younger. Yeah, I couldn't stand them. Yeah, and I think it's because my nana, bless her, she gave me like eggs and soldiers, thinking she was going to be like, oh, fun <laughs> one day, and. I got this horrible pain in my mouth. Maybe the eggs were off. I don't know. Maybe she tried to kill me. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But what I do know is that I was like, it was a no from me. And then I hit 13. Mm-hmm. Someone gave me an egg. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think I was forced to try it. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I was like, it's delicious. What is this trove? <laughs> Trash is untold. Where, where can I acquire such splendor? <laughs> and I swear to you, I became obsessed. Yeah. I would cook one every every five minutes. Yeah. And I mean, I know, I used to live with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, I was educated on the animal agriculture system. And yeah. I, I basically correlated all of the oppression that I saw in the animal, in the meat industry, should I say, mm-hmm. to slavery. Mm-hmm. And... 
I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I literally couldn't do it anymore. And I was very, very like, nope, nope, no, 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 no. And then 2019, I was traveling on holiday. I was away with work in Australia. I was situated in Australia and I Mm -hmm. had two weeks off. So I was like, I'm out of here. So I went to the Philippines and I ended up on this beautiful island called Sikihor, which is actually one of the islands, actually one of the Philippines secrets. Mm. It was honestly, I can't even find the words to describe. Just utopia. Like, oh my God, I could cry trying to explain it right now. And I ended up getting off the back of this tuk-tuk that I literally just carried on to. And I ended up at this beach resort Mm -hmm. and barely anyone there. Barely anyone there at all. And it was stunning. Mm. And I walked on to the grounds and there was this like hut, this like beach house hut that I had to myself for £2.50 a night. Right. Ugh. You know, and you're like, Oh, why am I not there now? I know, yeah. And they were just completely natural and organic. And they had omelettes on the menu. Yeah. And I was starving because I was just traveling. Yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what? Basically, there was just chickens running around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just little chickens having fun. And the kids would come out and like chase the chickens and play with them. And they, the chickens were happy. Yeah. And they, you would see eggs on the floor everywhere, just like laid. Right. And I was like, for me, this seems ethical. Yeah, yeah. The people here are using the produce of their well-looked-after animals yeah. to make money from their tourists. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll have an omelette. Mm-hmm. And I did. And it was one of the best Never things back. I've <laughs> ever had in my entire, <laughs> entire existence on this planet. Do you understand? Do you get that? Uh-huh. And when I tell you... From then, I was just like, oh, this is awful. And basically, there are farms and there are places where you can obtain eggs, Mm -hmm. where the hens can't be in the battery anymore. Yeah. So they will just go to be looked after. Yeah. And I tried to get in contact with those places, but unfortunately... The woman came on the phone and she was like, because of lockdown, I can't get any help. And these these girls are really old and like it's really tough and I can't do it myself. And I was welling up. I was like, oh my God. I was like, you're incredible. Keep fighting the good fight. I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> it was so heart rendering. And then I just ended up doing some research and trying to find the most ethically sourced eggs online. Mm-hmm. And I bought them and I ate them. Mm-hmm. And the feeling was incredible. <laughs> and even now, like, it's the, just... The feeling is still there. The, the feeling is still there. Mm-hmm. So I'm... You know what? I'm not about to be here pretending I'm something I'm not. Come on. So my hands are up in the air. They are. You can't see, listeners, but, yeah, but the hands are, are up. Situated yeah. either side of the ear. Uh-huh. And I am accepting defeat. And I know that I'm going to be whipped. It's a stalemate. I don't think it's defeat. I think it's a stalemate. Okay. Well, I I know that when I go into Beelzebub's lair, I will be whipped <laughs> repeatedly by, Work. you know, the hellhounds <laughs> of, you know, that fiery pit. Yeah. And I will I will pay my dues. The price. As the price. <laughs> As a win. But until then. But until then. I'll have an omelette. 
I'll be making five eggs a day with kale, steamed. Yeah, come chili on. Chili flakes. Lovely. Honestly, Dunn's River seasoning. Transforms anything. Anything. Yeah. It's a culture for me. Um, well, you can eat. Granted. I could eat you. Granted. <laughs> granted. Yeah. Um, here at the pod, we can rid you of all egg guilt. Um, so please, please enjoy them and work for doing your research and finding the most ethically sourced. Thank sweet you. I'm adore. still trying. I'm still trying. Um, boo, this has been such a treat. I adore you and I'm so proud of you and what you put out into the world and um you've been an inspo to me since that day you pushed past me at our lane audition <laughs> no our london studios audition oh my god i honestly because i have to get so trained back to manchester so i need to go first i was <gasps> like oh, <laughs> oh god. no i love you oh um, my apologies where can people find you on the internet oh my god okay so i am situated on instagram at Get Low Bus. That's mm. G-E-T-L-O-W-B-U-S. It's a homage to the Buster Rhyme song, Touch It, because that is still one Bring of my it, old babe. time. Watch yes, favourites. Stop formatted. So um, you can find me there. I will be hurling myself around the world. I was going to use very different descriptors then, <laughs> but I'm trying to be PC uh-huh. for the listeners. Um, so I... I'm on Instagram. I'm trying to do more on there with regards to my stories and my posts because, as I said before, people have contacted me and told me that it's helping them Mm. as well. So I'm going to be a lot more fruitful on that platform. Love it. So if you would like to dip your fingers in my pool, hey, toes. That's the analogy, isn't it? Yeah, fingers in pies. Yeah, fingers in pies. I mean, you can pop it in the pie if you fancy (laughs) Not averse to the line. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I'm there. Get low, boss. And thank you so much for having me. Sister. Love you, sis. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of Unguilty Pleasure. I will see you next time. Bye. Ciao. Unguilty Pleasure is produced by Felix. Check her out at basement.space. The theme tune is written and performed by Jordan Lavinia at Jordan Lavinia on IG. And the cover up for the podcast is by Alex Codd at It's Art Babes. Go show some love and support. Thank you so much.